Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. He's talking about a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's a whole lot of peace. This is a peace that there is no natural explanation for. It's kind of like, you know, I could really be freaked out over what's going on right now, but I just sense the peace of God in my life. Uh, There may be unpaid bills. There may be problems at work or things going on with the kids that could have us worried, but the peace of God comes in in the midst of those things, and we sense peace. Now, the Bible tells us how to get it in Philippians 4, verse 6 in the New Living Testament. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Did you hear that tonight? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. When we pray about everything and we pray in faith, what happens is God's peace begins to settle in. Praying about everything. This is a consistent theme in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 in God's Word translation says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Somebody, just look at somebody or look at yourself and tell yourself, never stop praying. Tell yourself, don't give up. Now, if we're really going to do this, we're going to have to know something about God. If we're going to pray about everything, if we're going to continue to pray in faith, we're going to continue to believe God, we're going to have to know something about him, and that is he really does care about everything in our lives. Now, my daughter and my son, they send us, text us pictures of our grandkids a lot, They post pictures of our grandkids on Facebook a lot. And sometimes the kids are doing things that are kind of exciting, playing soccer or hiking or something. But you know, a lot of those pictures, probably most of them, are just the kids, grandkids sitting there with a, uh, a weird look on their face or smiling or doing something. And, and you know, the reality is to a lot of people, they don't care. They don't care about those pictures. They may say, oh, if you show it to them, they'll say an obligatory, oh, they're so cute, or something like that. But to a lot of people, they won't really care about those pictures. You know why? Because they're not family. But you know what? God cares about everything that concerns you and me. You know why? Because we're family. If we have been brought into the kingdom of God, born again into the kingdom of God, he cares about everything because we are family. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Now, I want you to tell yourself, he cares about me. And because he cares, he listens. You know, there's hardly anything more irritating or frustrating than feeling like somebody isn't paying attention to you when you're talking to them. My wife knows that frustration every once in a while. (laughs) Confession is good for the soul, and I'm not... 
I'm not excusing myself tonight. I'm just kind of being vulnerable and letting you know <clears throat> I still have areas that I'm working on in my life. Letting God help me with. I'm better than I used to be, I think. You have to ask her after the service, but not will. <laughs> but I, I know that there are times, uh, last night she was talking to me, <clears throat> and I responded to what she was saying by, uh-huh. And, uh, but I think it was the tone that I said, because she gave me a look, like, oh, I know you're not paying attention. <clears throat> but I, this time I really was, and I explained to her that I was, and it was all right, I think. I'll find out after the service. But uh, it's irritating uh, when somebody, you're talking, and you know they're not paying attention. Especially when you're preaching. <laughs> I, I just, that was just spur of the moment inspiration. I don't even know why I thought that. <laughs> it was one of those things. But not only, you know, Cindy has some challenges with me because sometimes I may not pay attention. But the other thing is I have a little bit of hearing loss. <clears throat> Thank you, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Lack of hearing, courtesy of Led Zeppelin. <clears throat> I, I am, you know, those little cilia in your ear Mine, they're supposed to be pointed straight. Mine are kind of bent and all because of Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and, and all those from 44 years ago. And so I, I call it Led Zeppelin ear syndrome. I do have some slight hearing loss. And so uh, uh, it's, it's an issue. I can't hear low talkers. You know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking. I can't. I can't hear low talkers, and so it's. It can be a difficulty when I'm in another room and Cindy says something to me from another room. I I almost always have to say uh, say again, or I could get up off my rear end and go in there and hear what she's saying. Right? I know that's what what's your thing. I just finished that thought for you tonight. But listen, my point in all of that, saying that, is that God isn't like me. Aren't you glad? He isn't inattentive. He, his mind doesn't wander. He doesn't have Led Zeppelin ear syndrome. He's not hard of hearing. In fact, the Bible says uh, that he even hears our sigh. If you're taking notes, Psalm 12, verse 5 says uh, that now for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. God not only is listening for our cries, but he hears our sigh. He is so attentive to us. <clears throat> Say, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Isaiah 59, verse 1 says, listen. <clears throat> Tell yourself, listen. The Lord's, ar Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. <clears throat> he cares and he listens when we talk to him. <clears throat> He's not reluctant. He is not reluctant to hear our cry, to hear our prayer. Now, there's an interesting portion of Scripture, a parable that Jesus told of a friend at midnight. I'm going to read this to you. 
<clears throat> I think it's important for us to understand that God isn't reluctant. I, th- I do believe that there's a lot of us who may secretly wonder if God really wants to be bothered with our problems. And I'm here to tell you tonight, he does. But listen to this parable. It's it's an interesting story. It says in Luke 11, verse 5 through 8. Thank you. Appreciate it. Say, thank you, Brother Roy. <clears throat> Since he brought it, you know, I don't want to offend him. <clears throat> well, that's the best water I've ever had in my life <laughs> tonight. Luke 11, 5 through 8, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come into me in a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed and I cannot rise to give you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give him, give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. <clears throat> now, doesn't this parable sound almost like <clears throat> God really doesn't want to be bothered, but if we keep on asking him, we can wear him down and say, all right, I'll just give it to you. <clears throat> but listen, that isn't Jesus' point. Jesus isn't saying this is the way God is. He's like a guy in a sound sleep. You just got to knock real loud and be persistent and keep on doing it and, and bang on his door long enough, wake him up, uh, beg, plead, convince, and then reluctantly, he'll finally cave in and give you what you need. I know there are a lot of people, a lot of believers, who secretly are afraid that that's the way God is, but he is not. And you need to listen because this is important. This story isn't a parable of comparison, meaning that this is how God is. This is not how God is. It is a parable of contrast. That is, that if there's a reluctant friend who will give, how much more will a willing God? You see, Jesus told this story for shock effect to his listeners. In that day and time, it would have been unthinkable for a friend to refuse to get up. Oh, I'm in bed. The kids are in bed. Can't get up. I just don't want to be bothered. It would have been unthinkable in their culture. It would have been an outrageous offense. In their time, there were travelers all the time that come through their village, and it was a, a responsibility. It was customary for them to help those travelers who had come through, and it would have been disgraceful to refuse even if it was a stranger at midnight and much more uh, a friend. If a friend was to be reluctant, it would have been unthinkable in their culture. So this wasn't a comparison, meaning that God is rude and reluctant, but if you nag him enough, you'll wear him down and he'll give you what you need. It isn't that. These folks Jesus was talking to would have been shocked by the story, and that was his point. His point was this, just as it's unfair, 
unthinkable that a friend would show this kind of reluctance. Uh, it's unthinkable that God would. <clears throat> but listen, some of us harbor secret fears that God really may not want to be bothered by us, and it is just not true. Say, it's not true. It is unthinkable that God would be this way. It is completely contrary to his nature because he cares, he listens, and he is willing. I want you to say, he cares, he listens, and he's willing. And now Jesus emphasizes this point with the following verses uh, uh, that follow this story. Now, I've kind of paraphrased the first several of these uh, my last name was Wilson, so I'm calling this Wilson's Condensed and Paraphrased Version. This is for verses uh, 9 through 12. I've condensed it and paraphrased it. So I say to you, ask, seek, knock. You dads, if your boy asks for bread, will you give him a rock? And then say, chew on that. If he asks for fish or an egg, do you give him a snake or a scorpion? Of course not. Verse 13, uncondensed and not paraphrased. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In Matthew 7, verse 11, this is a companion scripture with this verse. He states it this way. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Tell yourself God's going to give me good things. See, on our best day, those of us who are parents, our love compared to God's is evil. God's love is infinite, it is great, and so how could we ever think that he doesn't care, that he isn't listening, or he is just reluctant? We shouldn't. So what does all this have to do with peace? Has everything to do with peace? Listen, again, Philippians chapter four, six, and seven. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can, we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If we're going to be able and if we are going to come to God about everything in our life that concerns us, that troubles us, that worries us, then we have to know that he cares, that he listens, and that he's willing. I want you to say it again. He cares, he listens, and he's willing. Now, in the first part of Luke chapter 11, Jesus is teaching how to pray. And he says in Luke 11, verse 2, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. You see, God is our Father. He's not just creator. He's not just the omnipotent, uh, potentate, uh, almighty, all-powerful. He's our Father. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says he's an everlasting Father. You know what that means, uh, everlasting Father? It means uh, that he never stops being a Father to you or me. Isn't that wonderful? 
We don't have to worry about that. He's an everlasting father. He is, he, he's always a, a father to us. Now, we have got used in our age, in our day, in our time to never lasting fathers. There's a whole lot of fathers in our time and have been in the past who have uh, 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 forsaken their children, who have given up on their children, or who have just cast them off, or who have abandoned their responsibilities to their kids. But we have a father that is not that way. Listen, God isn't a deadbeat dad. He won't abandon us or leave us on our own. Now you need to tell yourself, I've got a great dad. Because he's our everlasting father, he has everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn you. You hearing that? He cares, he listens, and he is willing. You know why? Because he loves. Now, if we really believe this, we'll have more peace. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but it's important to know that it's in the Word, right? Say it's in the Word. Matthew 6, 31 and 32, Jesus says, Why do you worry? saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Some of us are here tonight, and we are worried about some stuff. And I have a word for you. Your heavenly Father knows. And I want you to say, my heavenly Father knows. <clears throat> He knows, and Jesus says that he knows so fully. You know what? He knows us so fully. <clears throat> he knows the number of hairs on our head. <clears throat> For some of us, it's a little less challenge to him than others, but, but it's true. Psalm 65 and verse 2 says, O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. So listen, we need to learn to pray about everything. Luke chapter 11, verse 2 through 4, very familiar portion of Scripture. It's been termed, called the Lord's Prayer. He says to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, this is a model prayer, and it's one to give us inspiration about how to pray. It isn't that we're to just recite that and repeat it over and over and over again, but it is to give a model to how we do pray, and it goes from the far-reaching eternal purposes of God's will on heaven and earth to the simplest or mundane things as our daily bread. And if we'll begin to pray about everything that concerns us, we'll have more peace. We're God's kids, aren't we? And as God's kids, we should be willing 
and able to come to them about whatever concerns us when we're worried, when we're concerned about something because we're his kids, right? Now, my daughter, when she was four years old, we had a dog named Bear. And this dog, he was a shepherd mix. He was the smartest dog I've ever seen. He was a, he was a, he was a great dog. But Bear, you know, we kept him, uh, this is back when we uh, were pastoring in Sparta, Illinois, a little town in Illinois. We had him <clears throat> on a chain, a long chain out in the yard when he wasn't in the house. And, and when he staked outside, this dog was an escape artist. And so what he would do, <clears throat> he would, <clears throat> excuse me, he would wriggle out of that, that um, collar, yes, thank you, and, and then go run about the town for a night. And he'd be gone, he did this a number of times, he'd escape for about a day, and then he'd come back, uh, what he did is he'd backslide, and he'd go and just <clears throat> run, run through the town, and he'd come back about a day later, he'd always come back, and he'd look kind of bedraggled, but happy. And so we'd, we'd get, chain him back up. So anyway, one day I was out in the yard with Laura, and he, Bear was a distance away, and we saw him struggling to get out, get out of that collar, and he got out and he just took off. Now, my daughter's four, and so she, she's worried about him. She goes, Dad, what if he gets hit by a car? And she goes, oh, we need to pray, and let's pray that, that God will bring him back right now. Now, I know that he's done this time and again. He's gone for a day. He's not, in my mind, I'm thinking he's not coming back for a day until a day's, until he backslides for a while. And so, so, but I'm not going to discourage this little four-year-old girl and say, well, you know, what I wanted to do was just tell her, oh, he'll, come, he'll be all right. He'll come back. We'll pray for his safety while he's gone. There's something like, but she was, I said, you know what? And she prayed. And so I was going to agree with her. And she, she closed her eyes and she prayed and said, God, bring Bear back now. And I am telling you the truth here. We opened our eyes and Bear came trotting back up. I'm telling you. It happened. Totally her faith. Why? Because she's a child that believed. We need to have that kind of belief in our Heavenly Father. Pray about everything. There's nothing too big or too small or too insignificant. If it concerns us, it concerns Him. And if we do, we'll have more peace. Pray about everything. Tell yourself, pray about everything. Our jobs, our families, our health. Uh, when we're tempted, it says, lead us not into temptation. To keep the devil off, <clears throat> excuse me, to keep the devil off our backs. Uh, he tells us in this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, deliver us uh, from the evil one. When stuff is bothering us, our tendency is to worry. It's almost instinctive. And tonight, we need to develop a new instinct, and that is pray about everything. I'm going to close with these verses again. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to encourage us tonight. We can have a peace that defies explanation if we'll learn to pray about everything. If it concerns us, it concerns him. Do you believe that tonight? Let's bow our heads tonight. Maybe you've come out to this service and you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you've been away from him for a time and tonight you say, you know what, I want to know uh, my heavenly father that way. I want to know him. I want his forgiveness and Jesus paid the price for us so that we could have that forgiveness, forgiving everything because of the blood that Jesus shed. No one looking around for a moment. If your heads are bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Would you just with that, that your head bowed, your eyes closed, if you'd like to be included in this prayer, never give your life to Christ or you've been away from him, and tonight you say, you know, would you remember me in this closing prayer for forgiveness of sin? You just slip your hand up where I could see it and know to agree with you. God bless you. God bless you. Honest, honest heart. Amen. Bless you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray together, and I want you to repeat this prayer out with me, and let's, <clears throat> let's all pray this out. Would you just pray it out loud with me? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I believe you did it for me, and I receive your forgiveness for all of my sin. Thank you for making that real in my life tonight. I believe and I receive. Jesus, I thank you. You've brought me into relationship with my heavenly Father so that I can pray about everything that concerns me. I believe tonight God the Father cares, he listens, and he's willing. And I will learn to pray about all things that concern me. And I trust you for your peace that surpasses all understanding to guard my heart and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, right now, I pray for each and every one. I thank you for your peace in our lives. I speak peace over us tonight, your peace. Lord, there are those that came tonight that have various circumstances and troubling situations in their life that they were uh, distressed about. And tonight... I speak your peace. We agree that your peace that passes understanding will guard our hearts and minds. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We receive, say, I receive your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now would you give the Lord a big clap offering and thank him. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat>
Praise God. Wasn't that worth the price of admission? Praise God. It's the Word of God, and we can, we can know that it's real for us tonight. Before you go to bed tonight, if there's something your mind begins to turn on and chew on, something that concerns you, remember, pray about it. Give it to God. Let his peace settle in on your heart and mind. God bless you. God love you. Our prayer team will be up here in the front to pray with you as an individual if you'd like individual prayer. But do something before you leave tonight. Be friendly with somebody and say, hey. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.